Have you ever heard of a time slip? Have you ever experienced one? Everything seems normal until you suddenly find yourself face to face with a person from another era. And slowly you begin to wonder, which of us is in the wrong time? Time slips and ghost stories go hand in hand, as we'll hear today. Our guest has encountered both. Hold on to your flux capacitor as we talk to Shelby of Scare You to Sleep. Well, hello, Hainted Loves. Welcome to Homespun Haints. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And it is spooky season. It's so deep into spooky season. It is. It is. Have you gotten your pumpkin yet, Diana, to carve? I haven't gotten a pumpkin. It may be spooky season, but in Oklahoma, it's still hot. And if I carve a pumpkin now, it's just going to be either a mold farm or a squirrel snack Mm. (laughs) well before October. But here's the main issue. I won't be here in October. Because you're going to be here with me in Atlanta. Yeah. We're going to be doing all sorts of spooky things together. I cannot wait. Apparently, I'm going to be unconsensually corn mazed. Yes, you will be. <laughs> and you might be carving a pumpkin or two as well. Oh, well, that's consensual. I absolutely will carve a pumpkin. I will help your child carve a pumpkin to spare his delicate fingers. My kids, they'll like just put a couple eyes in and be like, I'm done. There has to be a lopsided one-eyed <laughs> pumpkin there. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll, <laughs> guess I'll finish this up for you. No, no, no. You need to like carve a 3D relief of Elvira. We did that a couple years back. We figured out that we could put Elvira's face on the pumpkin. And then we got two smaller pumpkins to set in front of it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'll send you a photo. It's pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. I want to do that. And I want to put it right at the end of my driveway for all the kids to see. Hashtag goals. And I also have a sewer in front of my house, so we need to tie some red balloons to it. Tie some balloons in there. Well, speaking of spooky stuff, we have a very spooky guest for you today. We sure do. We're very excited to bring on Shelby of Scare You to Sleep, which is such a cool podcast. Diana, I know you love this podcast. I do. Tell us a little bit about it. Oh, it's a relaxing bedtime story that's also kind of horrifying, but she does she does have a very relaxing, calm way of telling the story, so you can kind of drift off into a dreamlike, relaxed state, and then she'll add the most creepy little sound effects just <laughs> to make sure you're tingling all over by the time you drift off into a nightmare. <laughs> it's quite pleasant and and Amber likes it quite a bit as oh. well. It's the justification for having a, a Amazon wiretap in the bedroom. So you can listen to that and drift off into sleep. And I thought at first like what a what a crazy concept. Who would want to be scared to sleep? But the answer is this girl. Uh-huh. Because it's actually very pleasant. You're not the only one. It's become an incredibly popular podcast. Oh yeah. It's a real honor to have her on here to scare us today. Speaking of scary things, I had a tiny little incident happen the other day. I went to lunch with a friend of ours, Jennifer. We've had her on the show a couple times. She's a very spooky lady. She's also my neighbor, and she's also very haunted, and she's always seeing something. Oh, yeah. We went out to one of our favorite Thai restaurants and we were just eating and talking. And I realized that somebody had been seated behind us 
And I started trying to get my voice a little lower because I, I felt like they were listening in on what I was saying. And not that I was saying anything particularly private or sensitive, but it's just it's just annoying. You felt like they were listening because you're psychic or because they were being very quiet and giggling when you told jokes? No, out of the corner of my eye, I could just kind of see the head kind of tilting a little, mm. you know, like, hmm, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? And it was getting really frustrating as I'm trying to tell her this story. So finally, I just whipped around to say something, and there was nobody there. Oh. And I turned back to her. She's like, what's wrong? And I said, I could have sworn there was somebody seated right behind me that was angling his head in to listen to us, but there's nobody there. And of course, she could see behind me, and she's just like, yeah, nobody's actually been seated there, but I could have sworn... A few minutes ago, I saw somebody come up and grab your arm. Ooh. <laughs> come Ooh. up from behind you. Gee, like like a creepy hand creeping yes. up over the back of the booth yes. and then reaching out to grab you like a sneaky spider. Yes, Ooh. yes, yes. When she says she sees things like this, I know it's like kind of a third eye kind of seeing things. She'll kind of keep her mouth quiet unless somebody says something because she's gotten in trouble before where she's like, oh, who is that person? People are like, nobody's there. (laughs) So she didn't say anything until I said something. And we're both like, what is it about this restaurant? I was so sure somebody was there. It was like I was in conversation. I was annoyed. I was like, who does this person think they are? Like, why are they listening so close? Like, I could almost feel them breathing on me. So I don't know what it was, but apparently there's some Thai restaurant in Roswell that is haunted. (laughs) There's a haunted booth at the Thai restaurant. We'll have to go sit there (laughs) to live cast from there as soon as we hit a thousand followers on TikTok, right? It's a brand new (laughs) restaurant, so I don't know what was there before, if the space was empty or vacant. But it's actually pretty common for restaurants to have haunted booths. Really? Yeah, I've heard of quite a few instances of this. This sounds more like a Chicago thing somehow. Yeah, it's, I've known a lot of places in Chicago that had haunted booths. Right? Because you had this booth is reserved for such and such person who may or may not have mob ties. There was a lot of that. And there was a lot of people dying in the booth. Like that was their spot Ooh. and they'd drink themselves to death or get hit by Ew. a stray bullet. Yeah, oh so things happened. I've gone and I've sat in just about every haunted booth I could find in Chicago and never felt the thing brush my leg or touch my hair or any of the things that you're supposed to feel. But, you know, sitting in a new Thai restaurant in Roswell, apparently. It's hard to get as excited about something as Thai food. It could have just been a very high level of sensitivity at the moment because you were preparing yourself for amazing Thai food. It was very, very spicy, yes. Good. That's how it should be. Well, you said you had something happen to you recently as well, Diana. I had a strange serendipity yesterday. I started checking my email, and I got this one email from a subscription box that I subscribed to. It's all these foods that are imperfect, (laughs) if you catch my drift, and (laughs) the box basically allows you to save money while reducing food waste. So I subscribed to this box because you get like weird funky carrots that are like penis shaped and and, like eggplants with ball sack shapes and other other (laughs) rare anatomical vegetables that make you giggle. And I 
got an email from them saying if I took a brief survey, they would give me a credit for a free box. And I was like, oh, I could use a box of food right now. So I went ahead and I took the brief survey. It wasn't that brief after all. And they're like, please answer an essay format why you like this. It's kind of a boring survey. And I don't need to think too hard about why I like subscription boxes full of foods that are penis shaped. So I'm writing this while I'm listening to a cheap romance novel that I downloaded from the Tulsa library for free because I could really use a box of food right now, guys. So, you know, free romance novel. It's not like one of my favorite authors. It's not like a wonderful book. It just happens to be a book that was free. So I'm listening to it. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> listening to the beginning of this book. And while I'm taking the survey for the delivery box, one of the characters in the book says, Oh, I just signed up for a delivery box where they send you foods that are imperfect, like funny shaped carrots and eggplants in my audiobook. Oh, my goodness. They started talking about the subscription box that I was taking a survey for as I was taking the survey for it. Weird. I know, right? Think about the odds of that happening for just a second. <laughs> Are you a manifester? Did you make that happen? I don't know. I haven't gotten my free box of food yet, so we'll see. <laughs> I'm not a very good one or fast one, I guess. I have a magic power. I make things appear in audiobooks. <laughs> yes. We do want to point out, you probably heard an ad at the beginning of this episode. We do have some hand-picked advertisers right now. And if you're listening to our show and you hear a product read by us that you think sounds pretty cool, please go check them out. They're all businesses vetted by us. Check them out and, and use that coupon code. Not only will you get a discount, but it's their way of knowing that you heard about them through us. If you want to support us in other ways, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash homespunhaints. While we're talking about Patreon, we have two new patrons to give a shout out to. We want to give a big... Thank you and shout out to Sharon. She has been very active on our Facebook group and she just joined our Patreon. So Sharon, thank you so much. And Amber, a different Amber. A different Amber. <laughs> We're collecting them. If your name is Amber, welcome to the fold. And specifically you, Amber, thank you for joining our Patreon. And Sharon. Thank you both so much for joining our Patreon. If you desire that content that's spicier than Thai food and more penis-shaped than an abnormal carrot, <laughs> that is the exact place for you is our Patreon. We appreciate it so much. And we also really appreciate the stories you're about to hear from Shelby. What's going on, guys? I am Ken Sledge. And I'm Ashley Sledge. And we are Sledgehammer Horror. And over at our channel, we love to talk horror. One of our segments we do is called My First Horror Movie, where we bring on your favorite celebrities, musicians, podcasters, and YouTubers, and talk to them about the first horror movie they watched and how it affected them. We also have a segment called Versus, where we take an original versus a remake and tell you what we like about each. And we have another segment called Didn't See That Coming, where we watch a movie with a really awesome twist and tell you how it impacted us. And then once a week, we either do a live watch along or a top 10 ranking or a franchise ranking, bringing on many different guests just so we can hang out with the horror community and gauge how everybody's doing. So you can find us over at youtube.com slash sledgehammer horror, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at sledgehammer horror. So keep talking horror. Stay who you are. And hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Bye guys.
today on the show, we are so thrilled to have Shelby Scott. She is the producer of Scare You to Sleep, which you have heard about on this podcast. And it's just amazing. If you haven't listened to Scare You to Sleep yet, go listen to it. If you like what we do with the storytelling and the ghosts and all of the things, you're going to love what Shelby does. She's an amazing storyteller and it definitely will give you nightmares, mm-hmm. which I think is the goal. No, literally, like sleep- it, it's it's nightmares <laughs> for you. Scary to Sleep is newly a part of the Bloody Disgusting Network, which is awesome. So congratulations. Shelby, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We're so thrilled that you're here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here. I've been a fan of you guys for a while now. <laughs> it's definitely mutual. Thank you. (laughs) Shelby and I actually, I guess, officially met through a Patreon support group that Shelby hosted. And that was just amazing. In addition to being a podcast host and storyteller and an entertainer, Shelby is also great at managing a group of people coming together with all different ideas. And it was just a wonderful experience. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for saying that. It was awesome. You did a great job. Well, Shelby, tell us a little bit about Scary to Sleep. Of course. So Scary to Sleep is a concept I thought of a few years ago where for people who like to fall asleep to podcasts, but they want something a little different. There are plenty of sleep podcasts out there, which are amazing. But, you know, sometimes people want something a little different. A little scarier, basically. And I had had one of my stories on the No Sleep podcast, which was really exciting. And that's kind of what prompted me to think, like, maybe I could do my own podcast with my own stories. And that's actually how it started was just my own stories and reading them in a gentle voice. I do it like in a kind of a low voice, like I'm reading you a bedtime story with some ambient noises and sounds that are hopefully not interruptive to your sleep. I'm really all about immersion and making the whole experience immersive and like Diana was saying, an actual nightmare, like making you feel like you're actually in your own nightmare and giving you nightmares, but in the best way possible. Some people like it. I actually went into this thinking, no one's going to like this concept. And I found a whole bunch of people who were actually super into the idea. So that's cool. Hey, when you say your own stories, are you talking about fiction you wrote or your own personal real nonfiction experiences? It's all fiction I wrote. I've had nonfictional experiences, but for some reason, I've actually never had my own nonfictional experiences on the show. It's mostly fiction, but I do episodes that are, they're called True Horror, and I have my listeners submit their own experiences. We recently did a cross promo together here on Homespun Hates, and I actually had your promo on that episode because I was like, this goes hand in hand together. If you like true stuff and you want more true stuff, then go over here. So yeah, I do them every once in a while, but I've never had my own experiences on my show. So this is, this is the show. Yeah. This is when it happens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we're going to hear your true experiences today. I don't know where you want to start. I actually don't know that much about your true experiences other than you've had them. I'm going to let you choose where you want to begin and what you want to share with us. I have one that I want to start with that is so unexplainable. And it's more than ghosts, I think. It, it was definitely more than just an apparition. And I'd love to hear what you both Think about this experience. Ooh, okay. Years ago, uh, about 11 years ago, my husband and I were dating at the time, and he took me home to meet his family. He's from Mississippi, and I'm from Southern California. 
And so I was very excited to go see anything historical because California is a pretty young state in the grand scheme of the country. And so I wanted to see anything historical. And he brought me to Vicksburg, where a famous Civil War battle happened. He actually said, I want to take you to this one because it's not full of weird Confederate like the South was wronged, type the Northern oppression and everything. He's right. like, they actually just deliver the history as it is. So let's go to this one. So I appreciated that. We went and I'd never been to a battlefield period and it, they're massive. This is probably not news to anyone else. But to me, again, a Southern California kid, we don't have battlefields, at least not ones that have been preserved it was huge. Basically, they've kind of let nature take back a lot of it, which I appreciate too. It's like, why not? There are a few different buildings on the property and there's like an old iron side, which was really neat. But basically because of the size, they let you drive this path around the battlefield to see these different little landmarks set up to explain what went on. We were driving on this little road and we got to this part, like I said, that had been taken back by the woods. It was just woods and it was beautiful. And again, to me, I grew up not only in Southern California, but in the middle of the desert. So I get very excited to see deer, which is another thing most people in this country are like, deer are a nuisance. Why are you excited to see them? But we saw a deer and I was very excited. And I noticed that I couldn't hear the forest anymore. There was some sort of river or creek nearby that I had heard previously and birds and just the sounds of the forest, which with my show, I'm, I hadn't been doing the show at the time, but, you know, I'm very familiar with just like the ambiance of a forest. It's not actually as quiet as you think it is when you start to really pay attention. And they're especially noticeable when they're gone. And I thought that was odd. My husband kind of slowed down the car and I didn't want to say anything. We hadn't had the talk yet about like, do you believe in ghosts? And so I was kind of apprehensive to be like, there's something spooky going on because I was like, this guy might think I'm crazy. I don't know. I, we haven't had this talk yet. We hadn't been seeing each other that long, just like a few months or something. And so I kept it to myself, but he slowed down the car and I started hearing voices in my ears, like next to my ears, like men's voices. And I couldn't quite make out what they were saying, but I could hear them and the radio was on. So again, to be fair, the radio was on. Again, still not saying much to this guy I just started dating about hearing voices in my ears. And he reaches over and turns off the radio. And I was like, he's hearing them too. And he's also like, I can't tell this girl I just started dating, but I'm hearing voices in my head. <laughs> so he turns off the radio and we kind of look at each other. We don't say anything to each other in the moment. And then he turns off the car because I think we both had the same idea of like, we need to debunk this now because what are we hearing? Is it the car? Cars make weird sounds. So he turns off the car. We're sitting there in silence, but it's not silence. The voices get louder and we get the feeling of there's just voices around us. It was the feeling of standing in the middle of a crowd of men. It's so hard to explain, but we got the feeling that they could see us and they were very confused by our presence and they were upset. As upset as we were, and I don't mean upset like mad, but upset like just our senses were upset. They were just as surprised to see us as we were to hear them. And we just sat in it for, I have no idea how long we sat there. It felt like 
forever, but it could have been seconds, minutes, you know? And all of a sudden, the voices disappear and we hear the forest again. The forest is back. We can hear the creek. It's like someone turned the volume up. All the sounds come back. I'm like getting goosebumps just talking about this. And this was years ago. As all of that happens, a car comes up behind us who was also there. And so we just quickly like turn on the car and start driving. And it was like this car had interrupted whatever was happening. And since then, I've thought about it and I've talked to other people about it. And I'm very interested in time slips, which is kind of what I'm leaning towards thinking it was. And I don't know if you have talked about time slips on your show, but time slips are basically this phenomenon that has happened to a lot of people. It's been documented. There's one that's documented from like the 1800s, the famous Jourdain incident. It's basically where you get a glimpse into the past, but sometimes they can see you as well. And it's this weird, (laughs) I'm going to say interdimensional thing. That's all I can, the only way I can explain it. But I feel like we ran into a regiment of men and they saw us and they were like, what are we seeing right now? I don't know if they could see the car or just us or what. Who knows what they could see. And then we could only hear them. And it's so interesting because, like I said, the sound went away and then we could hear them. And so I'm wondering if they saw. I don't know. I don't know what. I can't even imagine what anyone else saw. But it was the strangest thing ever. I think your theory of a time slip makes complete sense, especially if you feel like they could see you back. It was not a one-way mirror. Also... When you said that the forest went silent, in a way that kind of makes sense to me too. I'm just speculating here, but when you think about the way those battles were and the battlegrounds at the time, everything living would have been destroyed. The Mm -hmm. trees were probably down, the animal wildlife would have left, the ground was soaked in blood, nothing could live in it, crops were destroyed, birds were gone. I never thought about it like that. Like, yeah. That would have been part of the time. So Becky, is that's what is that what's happening to me in the bathroom? Yeah, Diana, I think you've definitely got some time slip thing going Apparently. on. I don't know if you've heard her stories, Shelby, but Diana bought a mirror from a garage sale or something, and ever since mm-hmm. then she keeps slipping back in time sometimes when she's using the toilet, which is Oh fun. Inconvenient. <laughs> fun. It didn't used to be a bathroom. <laughs> fun. That's a perfect time. Right? Just absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. Do you have any memories from your childhood where you'd walk in there and be like, hmm, it smells like pee in here? Yes, but that's because I had a cat give birth in that closet twice (laughs) before it was a bathroom. So it has been used for so many different purposes. Well, I think time slip is actually not as crazy a thought. I mean, if we think about the fact that space time has folds in it, and we're not completely sure of how our universe works. And if exactly, there's a theory that if there's a very traumatic event in an area, it can cause a rip or rupture of some kind, Mm -hmm. such as a civil war battle. It makes sense. I think these battlefields are places where some of the most unusual phenomena in the country take place. Well, since then, I've read into I looked up time slips, Civil War, and I found so many. The Civil War, it, like you said, it was such a traumatic time. It was traumatic in so many different ways that I feel like it really left something. Several other battlefields, like there's one at Gettysburg. Several people have run into a Civil War soldier who they believe is a reenactor because he inquires why they're here. Why are you here? Why are you dressed like that? 
you need to leave. And so they kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, because it's the Civil War. And then he disappears in front of their eyes. Don't, don't, don't. I like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so odd that the Civil War in particular seems to have left that particular type of phenomena. There was another one where these women, my brother and I talk about it all the time because he brought that to me after I told him about what happened to me. And he had heard of this story of these women were at this building, I think in Virginia, maybe. And it's long since become something else. But at the time, it was a a hospital because so many buildings were turned into hospitals. It was two women. They were in the elevator going down to the basement for something. And the doors open up and they said they could smell antiseptic or smell something. And the doors open up and it's a civil war hospital. And it's fully a civil war. Like there are men bleeding and missing limbs and disemboweled and there are doctors in fact someone in that room looked at them and like yelled something to them again almost like the other civil war the other gettysburg one where he's like what are you doing here and the same as mine where i could tell they were like what are you doing here who are you and to hear that that is like something that has happened before and not unique to me is very interesting. And again, the same time period, the same event, just in different places. It's so odd. Using your speculative writer brain, do you think if you went back to the same exact spot, maybe even like up to the coincident level and went on the same day of the year at the same time, do you think you'd have exactly the same time slip experience potentially or would you have a completely different experience if you did have a time slip i don't know from what i've read on time slips again i've done so much research on them because they're so fascinating the one thing i have come across is that no one's been able to replicate what happened to them and like the jordan incident it's something jordan i'm saying it wrong i know i am but so sorry for the emails you're about to get telling (laughs) you how wrong your guess was okay that's why we have show notes so that incident it happened at versailles these women went to versailles in the early 1900s i can't remember the exact time period lady turn of the century of the 19th and 20th century They go to Versailles to visit because by then it had already become just a a tourist destination. It was no longer in service as a palace, thanks to the French Revolution. They're touring the grounds and they start to see people dressed in 18th century clothing, kind of Marie Antoinette era, which was the last era, big era of Versailles. They're seeing people dressed like that. Again, it's kind of like the Civil War thing where it's like, well, this is a tourist spot. Of course, they're going to have people dressed like the very popular time that this was in its heyday. Like, that's not that weird. You see all these people and they said the colors in the world were different somehow. Like, it did feel different and the colors felt different in, in the world. And they see these people, these two women together experience this and they inquired about it. Like, the the people who were dressed in costume. And someone who worked there was like, what are you talking about? We're not, we don't have anyone dressed in costume. It's like one of the best documented ones, I believe. But there are so many I've found from random magazines, all the old paranormal magazines from like the 50s, where they have people write in their paranormal stories. And so it's hard to verify those. But I mean, there are just so many. And again, no one, it seems, has been able to replicate it. I'd love to try, but I have my doubts that I could. 
Well, it's probably just one of those things where there's so many factors. To replicate an experiment, you have to have everything exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And how could you ever have it exactly the same? By the way, it was 1901 when they 1901. I was just glancing at some info on it, which was interesting. Apparently, like you and your boyfriend, now husband, at the time, <laughs> they, di- they didn't mention it to each other until later. Yeah. Well, in the moment, you're like, am I... I believe in the, I've always believed in my family's very into the paranormal. So I was like, we're having a paranormal experience. But to someone like him, he was not as into the paranormal. I'm sure it was like, am I losing it? Yeah. Like, is this the moment where I'm losing it? Did he become a staunch believer in the paranormal after that? For sure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. All the time slips I've done probably didn't do anything to <laughs> convince me that it's really happening. I'm like, this sure feels like a hallucination. It does. In the moment, it really does. That's why I'm so sad that not that you're going to bring anyone to the bathroom with you to be like, <laughs> let's sit here together. Let's both sit here and, and wait for something to happen. Yeah, to have someone else with me in that moment to be like, this is happening, right? It's really interesting what you said about the, the Jordan incident, too, about them saying the colors were different. And I guess that makes sense when you think about pollution in the sky or maybe even if it was a different time of year. The light changes from the fall yes, to spring yes. and things like that. So that would imply that it wasn't even the same time of year or whatever that they slipped into. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting in its own because it's like, are we replicating the same day, same time? Or is it more random than that? In both these incidents between the Civil War and Versailles, there were incidents of extreme political upheaval, countries being torn apart loyalties being torn apart not just like trauma with a loved one but like extreme trauma that was felt across the collective unconscious in a way yes right well i know that that's not your only story the one about your time slip as creepy as that was you've got more which means you're somewhat of a haunted individual in yourself so what would you like to tell us next yeah i am and a lot of people in my family tend to have a lot of sensitive people on both sides of my family most of them are actually much more sensitive than me my most recent one honestly is i live in an apartment in la that was built in the 40s tons of people have lived here i'm sure tons of people have died here it's an old building it's kind of comes with the territory and there for a while when we first moved in here we had a bunch of roommates and we were subletting and there was like a transition period where we had like a ton of roommates and things. And so it wasn't just my husband and I here. And there was one day where I was at home. I think I was off of work that day and I was in the living room sculpting. I used to do some like little sculptures and I was sculpting on our little coffee table. So I was sitting on the floor and I was in the middle of something in the sculpture that needed a lot of attention. Like I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I was trying to do something very delicate. I heard the door open and shut the front door. And I saw these like male feet walk by me because our coffee table is glass. So I kind of just saw them through the glass, like walk by. And I was like, oh, hey, are you home? I thought it was one of our roommates. Like I swore it just felt the, it was like I had the energy of this one particular roommate of ours. And I was like, oh, hey, are you home? And I look up and there's no one there. And I texted him and I was like, are you still at work? And he was like, yeah, why? What's up? And I was like, just just nothing. Never mind. (laughs) Just nothing. There's a different room in here in our apartment that used to be my office, but it was too echoey and stuff. So I moved into a different room. I was in there one night editing and I had the door shut because I always have the door shut when I'm recording and editing and things. 
And my husband was in the living room doing taxes or something, something very adult. (laughs) And I heard the door. I heard him knock on my door and I was like, yeah, what's up? And I like kind of took off my headphones and I look up and the door kind of opens and like slightly opens like he's about to like poke his head in, you know, like kind of just say something. But then he doesn't. And I was like, that was weird. Did he get a phone call? But then I got this like feeling of like, it just got a feeling. It wasn't necessarily like bad, malicious feeling, but it was like a this. I, I'm going to go ask him about this. So I get up and I go to the living room and he's sitting there. Before I could even like ask him, what are you doing? What were you doing? He was like, yeah, I heard it too. And I was like, cool. Okay. I'm, okay. I think I'm done editing for tonight. I'm just going to be here in the living room with you. I'm just going to be in here. And I was like, you don't understand. It wasn't just, I was like, I'm sure you heard the knocking, but like, it like opened the door, like the door opened, <laughs> like you were about to like poke your head in. And he was like, okay. <laughs> like I went back. It's so funny. We have this joke between us where like, he protects me from real life robbers or burglars or whatever. And I protect him from ghosts. Cause like he can't handle Especially since he's like, I guess, like late in life believer. I, I'm I'm a believer, but I don't want to be. And this has been forced upon me and I don't like it. And yes, I heard that, but let's just never talk about it again. <laughs> you handle the ghosts. I like that. Speaking of your bathroom, Diana, it's frequent like when you're in our bathroom, there's a certain time of day where if you're in there, in the shower, bathing, just using the bathroom, whatever, You'll hear there's a creaky part of the floor outside of the bathroom. It's so funny. It's one of those frustrating things, too, because I'm like, because of that, because of that creak, I know there are wooden floors under this ugly carpet and I just want to rip them up. But there's a creaky part of the floor outside of the bathroom. And if anyone ever walks by, it just, you know, every time at that time of day in the evening around 530, there's a creak like there's a creak that walks by. And I feel like it's a residual haunting where it's just remembering someone got home at that same time every day and walked by that door because that's the only way into the hallway is walking past the door. And eventually it's kind of like, welcome home. Hope you had a good day at work. We never even see anything. It's just the creak of the floor. My brain, Becky hates this about me, but my brain is immediately like, so at 530, do you try stepping on the creek and seeing if you get possessed? Oh my God. Now I want to. Wouldn't that be the first thought you had? Apparently nobody thinks like no, I do. Stop suggesting things like that, <laughs> Diana. <laughs> You're going to get us in trouble. But if you do it, let me know. I'm suing homespun hates because I was possessed in my own home. <laughs> but if you do, let me know. Also in our apartment outside of our front door, there's a pretty big gap that I've actually been meaning to fill because it's bad for keeping out bugs and in air conditioning, basically. This big gap under the front door that leads out into our hallway. And I swear there have been countless times where I'm sitting there and I can see someone, the shadow of someone standing outside our door, like just standing out there. You can just see feet out there. And when real people are real live people are out there, you can see when someone's standing out there or moving around like the maintenance guy just this morning was mopping out there. So I could see the mop moving back and forth outside of the door. But there's frequently at night, our TV is facing where the door is. So you can kind of keep an eye on it. And you'll see someone moving around out there. And it's just like, well, I'm not gonna go. I've never gone to check. I've never gone to look through the peephole. Because it's one of those where it's like, I 
I, there's some things I can't know. Unless whoever's outside that door decides to actually present yourself. For right now, it's none of my business. You do whatever you need to do out there. <laughs> I get that. I know real estate in LA is not cheap, but it sounds like it's not scary enough that you guys are trying to pick up and move or anything. No, it's not. And it, again, it's never felt malicious. I'm sure you and like a lot of your listeners have had experiences where you feel that I'm not supposed to be here feeling. And that's never what it's felt like. It's more like a coexisting type thing. I, like I said, I'm pretty sure a lot of it is residual, honestly. Like even the knocking on the door, again, it could have just been that night in 1942 he knocked on the door and opened it and i just happened to be sitting in there that night i don't know you know and again i don't even use that office anymore so i'm never in there so it could have it might have happened again since like in a residual way and i've just haven't heard it so you mentioned a haunted studio apartment yes i lived in a studio apartment in koreatown and that one was so active i mean there were times when i would see I would see a man with glasses go from where my bed was to the bathroom. One time I had this big, expensive, heavy bottle of olive oil that I like treated myself to. Like, I'm going to get this fancy olive oil because I deserve it. And I kept it on top of my fridge, pushed back because I was like, I cannot break this expensive bottle of olive oil. I work at a coffee shop. This is very bougie for me. Like it was my big luxury item of the month or whatever. So I kept it pushed back and everything. And I was cooking one night and that fucking olive oil bottle flew. And like, it was one of those moments too, where you always hear paranormal. And I've been so into the paranormal. I always hear stories about something flying off a shelf and I couldn't really picture it. In my mind, it was always kind of cartoony and like, oh, it did really fly. I'm sure it kind of fell or something. No, when they say fly, they mean fly because this thing flew off my fridge, hit the other cabinets and then shattered on the floor just oh. completely shattered asshole ghost right right at first i was too freaked out but then of course once i was cleaning it up i was like why this olive right. oil why didn't you get the kroger olive oil next to it in the plastic bottle like it's like you right. knew what you were doing which is another <laughs> thing it's like why didn't anything else fly off or fall off so i totally it's one of those things i was always a little not skeptical of but i thought was maybe being like over told for dramatics with the whole flying off the shelf but i'm like never mind i'm so sorry to anyone i ever doubted things fly and this flew like what happened and that was a really bad energy the whole place was really bad energy we had several police raids while we were there and the landlord was really shady. So it was kind of a place mm. of a lot of strife anyway. And this entity, whatever it was, it seemed like it was just kind of part of what was making everybody cranky. <laughs> I don't know. So do you think it was in other units as well? It was not a place where I got to know my neighbors very well. I wasn't there for very long. I did meet one of my neighbors who was on a different floor and he was very sweet and he was just like, have you noticed this building's kind of weird? There's just like a weird energy here. And like, I didn't get to talk to him further. I should have, but at the time I was like very alone and very young. In the house I grew up on, it was previously like a cattle farm where the house was built. And so it was great. My uncle, who's really into metal detecting and stuff, would go to our backyard and find all kinds of like old medicine bottles and all kinds of cool stuff in our backyard. But as a kid, I was very terrified of everything. Like, I was very scared of ghosts. I was convinced every single night I was going to wake up and see a ghost standing over me. But of course, all I did was consume horror and ghost stuff. So 
It was kind of my own fault, but I couldn't stop. So people frequently, friends and family, whenever we'd had people over, would frequently tell me that they'd walk by my room and they'd hear a girl crying in there. And one of my cousins, well, at the time, girlfriend, now his wife, but she came to me. We were having family over. And I remember she like came into the living room like, oh, my God. She's like, oh, my God, you're right there. Like, and I was like, yep, here I am. And I was a kid. She was like, I got out of the bathroom and I walked by your room and I heard a girl crying and I thought it was you, but I couldn't find you. And I thought maybe you were hiding or something. But I heard like I was like, it wasn't it wasn't even a ghost thing. It was just like, oh, my God, I thought you were upset about I thought you were crying. And I was like trying to find you. And here you are. And you're not crying and that wasn't you and you're the only little girl in the house okay and like you can see her brain just like you know whenever people have some of their first experiences it's like cool again my life is different now awesome this is something i didn't ask for but great a few of my friends would say that they would say that like they heard someone in my room they heard someone crying they heard someone that sounded like me it probably just sounded like feminine and they assumed it was me. I don't know if it actually sounded like me or I'm just telling myself that to be less scared because the idea of a doppelganger like is terrifying. That's worse. But, yeah. um, <laughs> That's worse. And I always felt a presence in that room. Like I was always terrified, but as an adult, I always chalked it up to just being, I was a kid and I was scared of stuff. And I lived in that house until I graduated high school. So even as a teenager, I was like, I just felt something like I felt something in the room. Like I swore I could see like a weird shadow that kept growing on this one wall sometimes, but then like wasn't there some other times. And it was like a shadow that didn't make sense to be on the wall. Looking at all the light sources and stuff in my room, it shouldn't have been there. It was like an oval shaped shadow that was above my closet. And like, it just didn't make sense. And weirdly, this is where I was like, as an adult, I was like, no, it was just in your head because whenever I would read books about the paranormal, it seemed to like grow or be more prominent. And like, I don't know if it's because I was in that headspace. Again, it could be that I was just a little more scared because I was reading this book, but I don't know. And then there was a night where my brother and I were in the living room watching a movie or TV or something. It was like a summer night. We were going to stay up late. We were like, we're going to stay. It's summer. Yay. So we're both sitting in there and I'm like on the love seat and he's on the couch. The one that I was sitting on the back of it faced our French doors to the backyard. And he was on this one that had just a wall behind him. He looks up and he kind of acted weird. And we were in the middle of watching something. And he suddenly was just like, I'm going to go to bed. Okay, I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, why? I was like, really? And he was just like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to bed. Um, see you tomorrow. It was just really, like, abrupt and strange, and we had plans to stay up late. It was like, what are you doing? We're going to, like, stay up late and eat junk food. <laughs> and later on, he told me it's because he looked up at one point, and there was a woman standing behind me looking down at me. Oh. And he was like, there was this old-timey woman standing behind you looking down at you. And he was like, I didn't tell you because it didn't feel bad, and she didn't look mean or mad. It didn't feel bad. It just felt like, and he said, I kept looking at you like, is she seeing that? Does she have, and I had no idea. I had no idea. Didn't feel anything, nothing. And he's like, I figured, okay, she doesn't even know. 
So I can't stand this because this is scary. So I'm going to go to bed and I think she's fine. So he just like went to bed and left me with the ghost that was apparently looking at me. So if there was a little girl and a woman, it begs the question, was there more than one entity in that house? Yeah. Especially since maybe the woman was in that part of the house, the little girl. And again, there wouldn't have been a house. So the little girl being in my room, maybe it wasn't even a room. Like it might have been something else at the time. I don't know. Maybe you reminded the woman of the little girl. And that's why she was Maybe that could be it. What is it about seeing entities that makes us so much more concerned about that than hearing and witnessing them in other ways? Because that seems to be a common underpinning preference that you have is just as long as I don't see it. It's weird that that has been a preference of mine, (laughs) definitely just out of fear. And I have experienced more like sounds and things than actual visuals. So I don't know if it's I mean, it could even be me just like choosing not to see them. Like, I would love to talk to someone more knowledgeable about the paranormal than me about like what would explain like that time slip. Why didn't I? I Why didn't either of us see anything when clearly these other things saw us? Like, at least that was the feeling I got because we weren't making any noise. So I can't imagine they were hearing much other than maybe they heard the car or something. It's so odd. I wonder if it's just because we tend to take in more information through our eyes than at least those of us that are sighted than any other sense. And so the idea of seeing something seems that much more impactful than hearing Mm -hmm. or feeling. And maybe it's easier for us to write something off as not really happening if it's something we hear or we feel. Because I'm I'm the same way. I'll, I'll hear things or I'll feel things touch me, but it's very easy to be like, ah, it's nerves. Eh, it's the fan. <laughs> For sure. We'll have to unpack that in a Patreon episode or something. That sounds like a good subject. Wow, Shelby, those are all very creepy. <laughs> and clearly, you are very sensitive. And I think you're just going to continue to have these experiences, especially the more stories that you tell and listen to. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely keep us posted if you ever slip through time again. I will definitely do that. Yeah. Or do the 530 <laughs> Creek possession. Thank you for letting me talk this long, oh. by the way. I really am. Especially like you guys are so cool. I love your show. And oh. Becky knows how much of a chatterbox I am because we were in that club together. <laughs> my show Scary to Sleep. You can follow all my stuff on the social medias. It's all under <laughs> Scary to Sleep. I'm not very good at self-promotion, so... Clearly, you're better at it than you realize, because you have a you have a great show, you have a great following, and you're, you. I'm so thrilled that you were able to join us here. It's just such a joy to talk to you and share ghost stories. Yeah, this has been so fun. Thank you, Hainted Loves, for joining us for another series of very spooky stories with our lovely guest, Shelby Scott of Scare You to Sleep. We will have links to Scare You to Sleep in our show notes. So please be sure you check that out. If you haven't done so already, you are going to love this show. I guarantee it. And while you're following Shelby, please be sure you follow us on our socials as well at Homespun Hates. We're on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and most recently, TikTok. And as always, you can join our Facebook group and discuss this episode at facebook.com slash groups slash homespun hates. And if you like what we're doing on the show, please consider supporting our Patreon because that's where we get into the spicy stuff, the homespun haints after dark, the things that we cannot share on regular media. And we're also doing some live tarot pools soon, too. So it's going to be fun. Shelby, thank you once more for coming on and 
sharing your stories with us. It's always a joy to talk to you. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much again for having me on. This was so much fun. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Likewise. (laughs) Have a spooky day. Homespun Haints is hosted by Becky Kielimnik and Diana Doty and produced by Homespun Haints Media LLC. Editing and music by Becky Kielimnik. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com slash submit.